This is Ibarian X, and welcome to The Candid Frame. You can now download the latest episode of The Candid Frame directly to your smartphone or tablet using the Candid Frame app. Available for Apple iOS, Android, and Windows 8, you can automatically receive and listen to the latest episode minutes after it's released. Mark and download your favorites or send your comments and suggestions directly to me via the app. Download it today using your favorite app store or click on the links in the show notes found at the Candid Frame website. This episode of the Candid Frame is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code CANDIDFRAME. We also have the support of lynda.com, who with over 2,000 high-quality and engaging videos, provides a wide breadth of courses from beginner to advanced. lynda.com is there to help you learn creative, software, and business skills to achieve your personal and professional goals. To take advantage of their 7-day free trial, Visit lynda.com forward slash the candid frame. That's L Y N D A forward slash the candid frame. This weekend, I had the pleasure of spending time with some family and friends at home. Among those were two photographers who have developed tremendously in the few years that I've known them. Each has developed an impressive body of work and a unique style. They did it because they did the one thing that always differentiates good photographers from great ones. They put in the work. Though it sounds simple, the truth is that many people don't put in the work, despite how sincerely they describe photography as their passion. Patrick Joust is a photographer who has certainly put in the work, despite having a normal 9-to-5 job. His photographs of Baltimore are nothing short of amazing. He reveals a classic city in a personal and poignant way, which demands viewers put aside their assumptions and biases and see the city through this photographer's eyes. We began our conversation by asking him what it is about Baltimore that inspires him. Well, um, I guess uh, for me, Baltimore is where my interest in photography started. Um, I came here uh, about, I guess, about 12 years ago, uh, the first time around um, as an AmeriCorps volunteer. And I really hadn't had much interest in photography um, up until that point. I had a lot of interest in, you know, painting. I mean, like not painting myself, but in, in, in art, uh, but not so much photography for some reason. And, but as I was my job kind of involved me kind of going all over town and, um, to a lot of, you know, what would be considered, you know, marginal neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, I just started thinking more about how I wanted to capture those places. And so I, you know, picked up a, a Canonet rangefinder and, you know, tried to, <laughs> tried to take pictures and stuff and then found that it was actually a lot harder. And I think that was kind of what was, what got my, got my interest really going. And then just you know, I moved away from Baltimore after that and then came back again in 2006. And um, it's just sort of been a constant inspiration for me. I'm not sure 
why Baltimore in particular. I mean, I, I used to live relatively close to Baltimore um, in high school and college and kind of came to Baltimore and you'd go to the aquarium and, you know, do a few things like that. And it, you know, just seemed like a nice enough place, but I didn't really know much about it. But as I've, uh, sort of, I don't know, gotten to know the city more and more, it's been just a really important part of the, of the photography, even when I, even when I leave the place, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's really a very good answer or not. Cause it doesn't really, really, really answer the question, but I just, I just feel almost like I've sort of matured, um, in Baltimore. And at the same time, the photography is kind of followed along with that. So I, f- I kind of feel like the Baltimore and, and my interest in photography just sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. For me, when I take a look at your, your pictures, um, you, you photograph a lot of characters, but it seems like the city itself is, is a character. And it seems, even though I know that the city itself is, is, is very diverse. I nevertheless get a real distinct sense of of that town that makes it unlike anywhere else. And sometimes I am challenged in terms of being able to pinpoint exactly what that is. But I think that when you compare images uh, made made there that you've made, or look at images made by other photographers in in New York, or I think about W. Eugene Smith uh, work in, in in Pittsburgh. It's I look at those pictures and I go, they they seem to me that these are pictures you could only make in Baltimore. Well, that's uh, yeah, really nice to nice to hear. I mean, I definitely you know, try to go for that. Um, and I definitely feel that way being here. I mean, even like, you know, when I go to Washington or Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or some other place, you know, like the row homes or the styles a little bit different, the topography is a little bit different. I mean, it just a, does have a, a different feel. And I think, um, especially as, you know, we've got gone sort of further and further into modernity and, you know, downtowns, you know, downtown Baltimore, actually does look a lot like downtown Pittsburgh and downtown, you know, other cities all over the, all over the country. Um, but a lot of the, you know, the character of the city, when you get into, you know, its neighborhoods, um, I think it really starts to come out and there is a lot of, um, um, there's something yeah special about, about Baltimore. And I think I feel that way about a lot of other cities too. I mean, even cities I haven't spent a lot of time in that I think, um, you know, before I came to Baltimore, I think Baltimore, suffers from the lot what a lot of other cities like maybe Cleveland or you know St. Louis or other places where people sort of kind of make fun of them or Detroit is a perfect example you know mm-hmm. you kind of make fun of these cities and say oh that's a trashy you know city in decline and you know sort of dismissive of it and i think that's kind of a suburban attitude that a lot of people have had towards places like that and then when you start to really get to know it you just realize how special the place is and it really saddens you that actually there there is a lot of decline there a lot of problems there but um but you realize that there's something something special something in many cases too that's fleeting in terms of you know the architecture and and that sort of thing that um you know there are lots of pictures i've taken of buildings that of course are you know long gone now and something less remarkable has taken its place so um so yeah it's definitely a special place do you sometimes feel like you're you're your photography is is a response to that perception from you know whose people's only idea of of Baltimore is episodes of Homicide or The Wire. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I I do feel, I I do sometimes feel a little bit on the defensive sometimes about Baltimore. I mean, uh, it's funny because it's a it's a it's a city. I mean, we have these benches which you may have seen pictures of um, that say the greatest city in America, and we have a, there, there have been a number of 
of unfortunate campaigns <laughs> like that, because as much as I love, love Baltimore, it's, it's not San Francisco, it's not New York. I mean, it's a great city. Um, and it doesn't need to, you know, be on the defensive in that way. But there've been a lot of campaigns like that, to, that have sort of, um, I don't know, sort of like, like the city's had a bit of a chip on its shoulder. That being said, you know, I do think that a lot of people can be very dismissive and very dismissive in a, in a way that I find disturbing. And especially when it comes to like, when you're talking about crime and things like that and things that actually have a, you know, a major impact on people's lives. Uh, you know, there was a, uh, just about, uh, two miles from here, or even less than that, um, in a neighborhood close to me, um, there was a little girl who was, you know, shot just on the street, uh, just a stray bullet and was killed. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that doesn't really get all that much attention because it just happens not all the time, but happens, you know, enough that it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. And I think, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've wanted to capture as much of the sense of the city and as kind of just delve deeper and deeper, um, into the city and, and into its characters. I mean, d the different, you know, people, even if like some of the architecture and different scenes might perhaps might become repetitive. Um, you know, all the different individuals that I come across that I'm able to take pictures of, I feel like that really tells the story of the city. Yeah. Well, you go into areas that are, you know, distressed in, in economically, socially, in, in a variety of different, you know, a variety of different ways. And, and, what I like about your photographs is that I don't feel like your images are exploitative. Uh, I feel like that you you really honor the people that you photograph, the scenes that you photograph, and they may not be the sort of idealized settings that people are accustomed to seeing when they look at movies or in television. But I feel like you're capturing a really honest portrayal of 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 the city. Um, that being said, do you sometimes feel that when people look at your pictures, that they're not getting what you're trying to say with your photographs that they're that that maybe you're surprised at how they sort of react to some of the photographs that you make yeah that's a really really good question um and i'm really glad to hear hear that i don't because i'm i always worry a little bit i mean there's a, you know the criticism of okay here's another white guy who's you know discovering the city or something and it's like well it was all it was there before i i got there um you know i i don't i definitely want to make sure that i don't come across as somebody who feels like i'm telling other people's stories in the sense that i i feel like i'm telling really my story um you know and this is just kind of what i see um but I do feel like, I mean, like I love The Wire. I've seen The Wire, I don't know, four or five times. And I think David Simon is a genius. I've, I've been um, getting towards the end of Treme and I just love the way way he tells stories and the, type, the actors and the people that he gathers around him. I think, I just, yeah, I just think he's amazing. Um, that being said, I also, you know, understand that a lot of people watch shows like The Wire kind of like just like it's some kind of another I guess gangster show or something like that and you know sometimes people will make some comment like oh you know Omar's coming or some kind of like you know kind of flippant type of comment like that and it does kind of bug me a little bit at the same time I mean I think when you take a picture um you know, you're sort of throwing it out there and you, you kind of have to be prepared for the fact that people aren't, I mean, you can't control how, how other people are going to react. And I think if you worry about that, you know, too much, um, you know, you're just going to be, you know, holding back, um, you know, with everything that you do. So I just, I just put it out there and I get, I do get, I think mostly thoughtful responses from people. Sometimes I, you know, if I, if I have it up on Flickr or Tumblr or whatever, and somebody will make some comment that I, 
don't like, I'll, you know, delete it. Um, but, uh, but most of the time I don't have to do that. Luckily. Yeah. With a, a good amount of your work, you, you photograph at night and they're, they're beautiful, beautiful photographs of the city at night. And I was thinking on the drive home uh, today was that, wow, that, that a city is really transformed when the light, when the sun goes down. It becomes a completely different different city, and I think that your your images really capture that beautifully. But I was thinking, you know, why why are you making so many images at night? And I was wondering whether that's just a practical issue because you have a normal day job where you may not have ready access to to go and photograph during the during the day. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Um, another good question, because because yeah, um, I mean, I uh, ever since my son was born, he usually goes to bed around seven thirty or so, and so and he sleeps pretty well, luckily. So <laughs> that's been sort of kind of a natural, like, oh, okay, I can go out and take pictures and not have to feel guilty that I'm leaving all the parenting, you know, to my wife. So um, so that's actually that has been a lot of it. I mean, I've been doing night photography for I don't know about. Uh, five years or so, I guess, um, you know, with a medium format camera type of thing. Um, but over the last year and a half in particular, I just been, you know, doing even more of it. And, and to the point actually where I kind of felt like, like, uh, I was almost doing too much because my favorite type of work is going out and doing, you know, so-called, you know, street photography or, you know, portraits or things like that. And, um, and so, you know, but then, but it has been sort of just a practical reason for, you know, I do have a day job. I'm a, I'm a, uh, reference librarian. And so, you know, I've got, got that going on during the day. So I don't have as much time, you know, on the weekends and stuff like that to necessarily get out and shoot as much as I like. I, when I, before my son was born, sometimes I would walk home from work, which is about three miles away. And, uh, you know, just kind of walk, take a meandering path and that kind of thing. And of course I, I'm not able to do that as much, uh, these days. You said that you are, are a photographer that often focuses on the on the mundane. Um, you you make pictures of of the most you know mundane and ordinary things, and I think that when people see photographs of that, um, they don't see them as they don't understand why would someone make a photograph of that because that innately isn't beautiful. Yeah, and and for a photographer, it can be kind of hard to sort of trust their own particular vision um, because they're photographing things that most other people wouldn't ever consider photographing. And I'm wondering if, did you find that, that it took you a while to sort of trust that or, or, or no? Well, I think it took me a long time to figure out what kind of pictures I wanted to take. Um, and uh, I mean, I took, I, I, I took pictures for years and I, um, I've shot both on film and digital. And I remember getting a, a digital rebel, I think it was like the second generation or something. Um, and at the time it was a lot of money for me to spend and, uh, you know, being really excited and thinking, okay, this is going to, I'm going to just take awesome pictures with this camera all the time. And it was, was a good camera, but I took thousands and thousands of terrible pictures. Um, and, uh, it just took a long time for me to figure it out. I think really, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I definitely felt like I had a lot of appreciation for, sort of ordinary things, but I, I'm not sure if I had an understanding of how to photograph them very well. And I think that's where actually, uh, getting on sites like Flickr, um, when I kind of, you know, discovered that and, and was like, oh, wow, there's this whole 
tons of people all over the world and a lot of people in Baltimore too um, who are taking really interesting pictures or trying to do interesting things. And that, I think, just looking at photos and, you know, photos that people are taking, you know, that you can find online. And then, of course, just delving more into, um, you know, sort of photographic history and, um, and you know, like people like Robert Frank, who was kind of one of the first people that I sort of kind of discovered. I mean, I didn't, you know, in when I was in college, you know, I would know, I knew who, you know, Titian was or Veronese or, you know, Claude Lorraine, but I, you know, somebody said Robert Frank, I, I don't think I would have known who he was. Um, I just didn't have that appreciation. And then later I, you know, started to, to develop that. And I think really just kind of looking at photos, it's not, it's not a very direct, um, there's not like a direct correlation, like where, or some kind of thing where one day it sort of clicked and I was like, oh yes, I want to take this kind of picture. But I think all of that collective inspiration just kind of came together. And, and then after a while I started to get, you know, feel more and more confident with the photos. It, it seemed like for a time, um, I would take photos and then like a month later or a year later, all those photos that I took, I just thought were terrible and just, I had no interest in. And then it seemed like then eventually it was like, six months later or a year later, I'm like, Oh, actually I do like a lot of those photos that I took then. And it just started kind of coming together. And, and I felt like I've just been building on that ever since. And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsors. Once you have a website, you can't simply walk away from it and expect it to do wonders for you. Just like your camera, it's a tool, an invaluable resource that needs to change as you do. Squarespace has made it easy to do this, not only with an easy to understand interface you can control on your computer, but also your tablet and phone. This is something that iOS users have enjoyed for a while, and now Android users can take advantage of it, as well with the beta releases of apps Squarespace Blog and Squarespace Note each of which provides you a way to access and control the content of your site from anywhere. Find out for yourself by taking advantage of their 14-day free trial. You don't need a credit card, just create an account and go for it. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CANDIDFRAME and get 10% off and to show your support for the show. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. There's a, there was a quote that I read in one of the interviews uh, that uh, I want to read to you. You said, I really reconciled the difference between what I wanted to capture and what I actually got out of my camera. And I thought that was a fascinating uh, statement to make about realizing that, you know, what you were envisioning in your head and what you were hoping to capture wasn't exactly manifesting itself in the photographs that you were making. But do you have like a, a specific image or a series of images in which you finally felt like you did make that happen, that you were finally able to capture with your camera what you had seen in your mind? I don't know when it came together. I mean, I think maybe about six years ago, it started to start, I started to kind of feel a bit more comfortable. I mean, part of it was, I felt like I was sort of distracted a little bit by, you know, even just like, you know, software, like worrying about like tweaking my photos and doing things like that. And I kind of like just realized like that was definitely like, while that's all well and good and important, I certainly spend plenty of time, you know, in Lightroom now, but, um, 
but that that wasn't you know the main thing that it was the you know the the first you know to actually taking the photo that was important and i think just kind of challenging myself a little bit too just you know kind of on a personal level because i'm i'm kind of a shy person um and you know like approaching people in particular that really took a long time for me to feel comfortable doing that and i still you know don't always feel comfortable doing that and i think i think once i started though feeling challenging myself that way and kind of getting out there and either asking somebody to take a picture or surreptitiously taking, you know, pictures, um, that, that was when it started to get, my photos started to get, uh, better and more interesting for me. And, and tell me about your approach to, 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 to people. Do you, uh, take advantage of the fact that you're using these film cameras that a lot of people are not uh, used to having around anymore? Or, uh, is there a particular technique or approach that you find really works for you? Um, it's a combination of those things, but yeah, the using the older, like, you know, most of my medium format pictures are taken with a twin lens reflex camera and a lot of people, I mean, sometimes many of the portraits I've taken have just been of people who've come up to me, you know, who are interested or will say, you know, take my picture, you know, um, it's definitely a lot, um, I mean, I have like an old 5d and I, and I, you know, enjoy using that, but using like an SLR, like seems a little bit more aggressive, I think, um, for a lot of people on the street and especially at a place like Baltimore, because it's not like New York or San Francisco where you just have, you know, crowds of people and they kind of don't care or maybe they care, but not enough to, (laughs) they just want to get to where they're going and stuff here. I mean, people, you know, really see you coming and stuff. So it's, it's a lot more difficult to just, you know, quickly take a, a picture and walk away without kind of causing a commotion or something. So, um, yeah, that using the old, older cameras, I mean, one thing that's funny too, about using a twin lens reflex camera is, which is, you know, of course they're, they're big and they sort of stand out, but at the same time, they're very quiet. Um, and that the fact that you're sort of looking down, it kind of looks like, doesn't really look like you're, um, you know, taking a picture, you know, or, or people don't think of it as the same way, uh, in the, you know, in the same sense. And I don't know, it seems a lot, it's just, I've noticed that people seem often disarmed, uh, by using that kind of camera. So I've, that's one of the reasons why I've continued to use them, um, so much, but I've kind of like taken a, I mean, it sort of depends on the situation. If I'm in like a festival or something like that, you can kind of get away with doing more surreptitious type of, of captures. And, um, you know, so I'll just stand and, you know, kind of do classic street photography things like stand on a corner, try to anticipate when somebody's going to be coming around, um, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but then if I'm just walking around in a, in a particular neighborhood, my own neighborhood or some, someplace else, um, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, be more interactive with, with folks, uh, because it's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not going to fly usually if you just kind of go up and just snap their picture. Um, they're probably going to give you some grief. When, when it's obvious to people in the community that you're not from there um, and you're walking around with a camera, do you have to contend with much suspicion in terms of why you're there and why you're toting around the camera? And how do you, how do you respond to that? There is. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of times people think um, I'm a police officer, which is sort of strange given that I'm using like a 50 or 60 year old camera most of the time. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of times people think I'm a real estate developer. There's a lot of um, development um, in the city and stuff. Um, sometimes when that happens, they're they're happy because they think I'm going to be improving something um, in the neighborhood. But yeah, I mean, a, there is a lot of uh, suspicion at times. I mean, it's it's it kind of depends on you know sometimes the, the the day like Sundays are a really good day to to walk around. A lot of times you know people are 
are happier, you know, people are getting out of church and things like that. Um, it, there's sort of like, you know, but, but the mood can change. And maybe sometimes I feel like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll walk around on a day that's successful and someone will respond positively. And it seems like there's a string of positive responses. And then other times I've, um, I've walked around one time I was walking, um, uh, and somebody thought that the, my twin lens reflex camera was like a, like a video camera or something. And they thought I was recording them and they were, they were really paranoid about it and, and just really upset. And then somebody else yelled at me like a half a block later. And I just, I just said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> so, so that does happen. It seems like lately I've gotten a much more positive response, uh, from people, but it can, sometimes it, it's not, um, it's not so friendly. And I, I worry about that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm always con- I don't want to make people feel threatened, um, especially since I feel like there's a lot of injustice in the city, a lot of people being arrested for things they shouldn't be arrested for. And um, my wife's a sc- school teacher and sh- um, in, in the city schools, and she sees a lot of the problems there. And so, so I, I don't want to like add to people's aggravation. At the same time, I don't want to be, I don't want to uh, disengage myself um, from the city either. So I, I still keep trying to do it to, uh, to do it. How do, how do you adapt to, you know, the nature of the streets at, at night? Uh, what, what do you do differently than you do during the day, especially when it comes to approaching, uh, approaching people or do you? Well at night. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely when I first started shooting at night, I mean, it, it was kind of like whole swaths of the city at that point. I felt like, were sort of off limits. Like in the daytime, I felt like, all right, I can, I can go just about anywhere and feel pretty, pretty comfortable. Um, and, uh, but at night I kind of definitely felt like, all right, I have to be a lot more cautious. And over the years I've kind of, I've kind of been more and more, um, I don't know, willing to, to go to some, some neighborhoods that I, I thought in the past weren't such great places to go to. The funny thing is actually though, that I often, when I'm ta- taking pictures uh, in the city, I um, I rarely have any problems. I mean, I've had a couple times where the police officers will stop, and and I'm usually with, by the way, with friends. Um, I I mean, there, sometimes I'll go out on my own, but if I'm going to an area that I know has uh, some crime, I I don't go on my own. Um, I usually go with one or two other friends. Um, but I've had cops, you know, say, "Hey, do you know what neighborhood you're in?" You know, that kind of thing, um, and. Uh, but I've actually gotten the, the most hostile responses from sort of like the first ring of suburbs that surround um, the city because I think uh, it seems like sometimes when you're shooting in the city of Baltimore, people aren't so surprised because, I mean, they, you know, they filmed The Wire here, they filmed Homicide here, they're filming Veep here, House of Cards. Um, you know, people are – it's not such a strange thing to see somebody with – a camera, um, you know, doing something on the street. Um, a lot of times people think, you know, like people will ask me, you know, oh, are you guys making a movie or something like that? Um, but when you go out to the suburbs, um, people tend to react a little bit more hostily because they're just not used to seeing anybody. And, you know, like you kind of said, like about taking pictures of sort of what people would consider very ordinary mundane things. Um, it's very hard often to, you know, explain, oh, I find this, you know, this house interesting or this, old rusty car, interesting or something like that. Um, you know, they just, you know, just find it, you know, and I've had, you know, there was one guy who threatened to sick his dog on us and, um, you know, people say, you know, they're going to call the police. And I say, well, if you feel like you need to call the police, please do call the police. And, you know, there've been these sort of 
you know, unfortunate interactions sometimes with people in those situations. But I actually haven't had anything like that um, in, you know, the center of Baltimore, um, you know, in East or West Baltimore. It's basically been, um, you know, mostly friendly, friendly reactions. People kind of curious or think it's kind of kind of neat that we're doing um, that kind of photography in their neighborhoods. Well, you're shooting with film, as you mentioned before. Uh, tell us about about that. What type of films are you using, uh, and and why do you prefer that as opposed to shooting digitally? Well, um, I'm definitely not somebody who's religious about um, film photography. I mean, I, I obviously I, I love it and shoot 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 it a lot, but um, I'm not one of these people who feels like you know, everybody, I hate digital or anything like that, but there's definitely, um, I guess my big thing is, is variety. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that, um, film photography brings. Um, and I, sometimes I think of digital as just sort of another emulsion in a way, um, of, of multiple emulsions out there. And so I do like to shoot, you know, with, with slide film, uh, you know, with C41, I, you know, shoot a lot with Ektar, which is readily available. Um, I shoot a lot of people like my, uh, uh, pictures with that are shot on tungsten balanced film like Fuji's uh, T64 and unfortunately uh, you know those films aren't aren't made anymore I bought a bunch of it um, like several hundred rolls before it um, went uh, you know w before it was discontinued so um, so I yeah shot a lot with that and I mean I think there's um, a quality to you know, film photography and of course, you know, medium format, um, negative or positive, it just has so much information on it. Um, you can, you know, blow it up to such a tremendous size. And of course you can do the same thing with a full frame digital camera. Um, but I've, I don't know, I found it a lot more satisfying. I think part of it too is like choosing the emulsion first and knowing that, that things are going to look a certain way because of, of what you've picked there. Even if I end up doing some after I digitize the image, doing some post-processing, you know, to fix things, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like I do a lot of stuff up front instead of having to do a lot of things on the back end. I mean, I borrowed a friend's um, 5D Mark III uh, this spring to take some some pictures, and it was, you know, really cool using a camera that you could shoot at, you know, 6400 ISO and stuff and do, you know, street portraits at night. Um, and I was doing several and I enjoyed it a lot, but I found myself like really like spending a ton of time in Lightroom, like, you know, tweaking these photos and having to make all these decisions. And with, with film, I haven't had to, you know, make those decisions, um, as much, uh, or hadn't had to think about that, that part of it as much, which I've enjoyed. One of the fascinating things about your pictures are the myriad different light sources. You know, they're fluorescence, they're halogen, they're tungsten, they're, you know, God knows what, what all you know, exists out there, which can result in a very uh, unpredictable color palette. But it seems that in a lot of your images, uh, that unpredictability and that mishmash of different uh, color temperature light sources really adds... To, to the images, do you purposely look for for that when you're when you're uh, intending to make a photograph? Or are you uh, initially drawn to just the overall scene, not so much the the potential of uh, the rendering of color in the photograph? Well, I think I think both. I mean, I uh, like you were saying about how you know a place completely changes. You know, um, at night. I mean, in the daytime, sometimes I'll look at certain places and I'll think maybe this would be a good place to return to at night and I'll look, you know, and 
at you know where's where are street lights positioned and stuff like that because sometimes a, a shot that would be perfect is going to have a street light in the wrong place or something and it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work um baltimore is interesting because um i don't know i haven't noticed it as much as other cities and i think i read something a couple of years ago about how baltimore was one of the first cities to to put in a lot of led lights and um and but it's a real uh mix there there are like some streets that are all led lights or half of them are led lights and so you know that gives off a much cooler um you know cooler temperature and so you've got that contrasting with the uh oh shoot what do you call them the sodium uh sodium vapor sodium vapor yeah <laughs> sodium vapor lights um so i have i mean i i will be somewhat you know conscious of that because it's very important like with I mean, obviously, where the light is is important in the daytime too. But you can get away with a lot more. Whereas at night, it's it's like it will make or break a photo often. Um, and so I am conscious of it, but I'm not always always sure exactly what what it's going to look like. Um, you know, in terms of the color. I mean, there's so many different things that will impact it. You know, like how much you know what the clouds are like. You know, the humidity levels and all kinds of other things too. That um, that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll change that around. And also the, the, the length of the exposure um, can have a big, big uh, influence on that. The great thing about learning new things in the internet age is that you can learn it from anywhere. You're no longer obligated to attend a community college class at night. You can do it virtually anywhere that's convenient for you. Lynda.com makes it easy because their content is not just viewable on a computer, but is just as accessible on a smartphone or a tablet, so you can access their great content while taking a lunch in a park or on the deck of your home. You can experience this for yourself and watch over 2,000 quality videos for free for a limited time. I've worked out a special deal with Lynda.com to provide you with unlimited access to the entire library for free for 7 days. Visit lynda.com forward slash the candid frame to use it for a week. That's lynda.com forward slash the candid frame to start your seven day free trial and help support the show. Yeah, and, and that's the next thing I wanted to ask you is how, how do you contend with exposure uh, when, when, you know, the mix of a light is so varied and, and un unpredictable and being able to, you know, create a, a negative that, uh, especially with color, that is going to be uh, relatively easy to reproduce. Uh, you know, though you can do some color correction uh, in, in, in post, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, well, and that is the, that is one of the biggest challenges because sometimes, um, Sometimes it just doesn't look very good. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get a get a shot, and it's just a, it'll very have a very strong purplish color cast or orange or something that's you know uh, just just too much of one thing or the other, and and I can't necessarily correct it very well um, in Lightroom. Um, I mean, it's I um, yeah, I mean, it's it that is you know one of the the biggest challenges of it. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, like. Basically, when it you know when it comes to exposing, I mean, I've I've looked at things like the Ultimate Exposure Computer, which I haven't looked at 
actually in, in quite a long time, but I looked at that a lot when I was first getting into night photography. Um, and, you know, just to get a basic idea of, of how long I should expose images for. Um, but the color thing has been um, kind of experimenting a little bit. Um, you know, I used to use, you know, Fuji Pro 160 um, for, I kind of stuck with that for a long time. And then I kind of realized that that had some limitations and I needed something that maybe was a little bit cooler in some cases. So then I tried you know, tungsten film and, and, you know, it kind of varies from one scene to the next, but of course, you know, um, even with that, I mean, of course it's not like, it's not like it's always perfectly matched up with the film. Um, and one of the things that I like about it is the randomness of it too. Um, that, that you can, you know, you'll shoot with a particular type of film and maybe you, you would have thought, well, I would have preferred this, but that's what's in the camera right now. And, and you take the shot and you, you know, look at it later and it actually looks pretty neat. Um, sometimes I've you know, shot the same scene with different emulsions and, uh, it's, you know, it's just neat to see the differences. Talk to me about your use of Flickr and, and Tumblr to, to share your, to share your Im images because you've, you know, gained quite a, quite a following there. And you mentioned earlier that that helped to sort of influence the way you perceived your, your own work, but how important has the use of those, of those, image sharing sites played in your development as a, as a photographer and especially in finding an audience for your work? I think it's been like crucial. I mean, I, I, I first, the first, uh, photo sharing site I ever was on was, uh, one called PBase, which I think is still around. Um, and, um, and I, I didn't, you know, I think I got into Flickr relatively late. I mean, I think like 2007, 2008. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it it's it is a nice way. I mean, there's there's a superficiality, obviously, to photo sharing, um, you know, sites like this, and, um, and I mean, just like any any kind of activity, I guess, on the internet, where you you know, where sometimes people are just going around trying to collect followers and trying to you know be popular and that sort of thing. But I, I've I found on Flickr in particular, um, you know, just a lot of photographers that I admired, and I um, found their work so inspiring and it just was kind of seeing their work got me excited about, you know, making my own work and just, um, it kind of, I felt like that all sort of fed on, um, um, fed off each other, I guess. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, and then getting that feedback from people, it's been, I think a really nice thing. I mean, I, I, you know, when you think about just before the internet and how, you know, you, and when I first, when I first started taking pictures too, I mean, you know, Flickr, you know, was around in its infancy, I guess, around that time, but I didn't, you know, share anything online. And it was just kind of like, you know, a couple friends who weren't really that interested in photography, you know, uh, would see it and, um, that would be it. Um, and it's, it's such a fantastic thing. I think that people, um, are able to, you know, share photos with folks all around the world and kind of, um, you know, learn from each other that way. And I've just, I've just kind of run with that ever since. You know, I I was amazed at uh, the number of interviews that have been conducted with you. It's not unusual for me to, when I'm doing research for a photographer, even one who's been around for a while, uh, to really have not a lot of material out there. And uh, I was impressed and it made my job a little easier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but when people started asking you to publish your work in, in magazines or in, in, or whether they're print or in, in web-based uh, publications, um, were they primarily finding you, uh, through your presence on Flickr and Tumblr? And did you see any significant difference in terms of 
you know, your photographic life as a result of this increased attention, attention from quote unquote traditional media? Um, I, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things, maybe the, uh, sort of, uh, a couple of friends kind of, um, joke around with me, especially on Flickr that like, I, you know, like added like, you know, a tag for just about every, every piece of information that could be in a photo. And I, could, I think that's maybe the librarian in me <laughs> that I just tag, 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 tag. Um, but, um, and I actually, I, it's always like a little pet peeve of mine too. When I run across photos that I really love, um, from somebody else and they don't have any tags and I realize, you know, it's going to be hard to, <laughs> to find them again. But, um, but anyway, um, I, yeah, I mean, it's the, the Flickr, the popularity on Flickr and Tumblr sort of, sort honestly just totally caught me off guard i didn't expect that to happen and it's just sort of um um gotten seems to have gotten bigger and bigger and it, and it seems in terms of like yeah traditional media that's that's found me they found me through those sites i guess um and i mean sometimes people have said like you know oh yeah i found you on a google search but that that led to a Flickr page or something like that um and i don't know if it's hard to say like um because I haven't been very, I mean, I'm not like very business oriented when it comes to photography. I mean, I, I don't honestly have a, I mean, I, I love it when people pay me for photos. That's, that's great. And, and I've had some neat experiences with like a couple, you know, projects that I've been able to do for people. But, um, but generally speaking, I'm like very happy as, as a librarian. I, I feel very satisfied in the work that I'm doing in the city that way. Um, so I don't, I kind of just get people sort of find me and I don't, I'm not probably very smart about like, developing myself that way in, in terms of kind of getting myself out there. But I've been lucky enough that, you know, somebody will, you know, find something, they'll pay me a little money that'll help me pay for some processing or pay for some more film or, or whatever. And, um, that's kind of just the way it's developed, but I don't know. I mean, um, maybe there, there's, there probably been some opportunities that I could have jumped on or like really to, to market myself better, uh, for people who actually want to pay me for, <laughs> for things, but I just haven't been real great about doing that. Uh, you, you put together some books through through MacCloud, and you, you have you've produced so many images. Talk about the the challenge of actually going through all that material and editing it down into a into a manageable collection of images for a, for a book. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I think. I mean, um, editing is is such a difficult process. I feel like when I get my editing sort of hat on, like a lot of images start falling away very quickly. Um, you know, I just start seeing flaws, you know, left and right. And so it, it sometimes it's not, it takes a long time, but sometimes it's not so hard to rule out, um, uh, certain images. I mean, some images that, I mean, when I, when I upload things to Flickr and Tumblr, I kind of think of, of, um, of that as being part of an editing process. Uh, and it's not just based on like popularity or anything like that, but just, you know, if somebody I really respect makes a comment or, something on a photo or, you know, seems to like something, then that tells me, you know, oh, there's something to be said for this. And so it's kind of like, um, I feel like that's one of the great advantages of using those sites. Um, and so that's helped a lot with, uh, with the editing process. I mean, it's still difficult. I mean, I have a couple like sort of ongoing, um, like a sort of a black and white series that I've worked on and a, and a color series of a sort of Baltimore photos, mostly, you know, street portraits, but you know, some architecture and other things mixed in. And that those I found more sort of difficult to kind of, 
because I kind of feel like I'm still taking those pictures to, to include and then, and then taking others out. And so that's a, an ongoing process and I'm not sure when or if those, those will ever actually be done, but I think it's a, it's a good way. Uh, I felt like it was a good way for me to sort of kind of reevaluate what I had done up to, up to, to, to the, up to this point. Um, and, you know, look and see, all right, what do I really have here? That's, you know, that, that, that's something, you know, what's the best stuff that I have, I guess, uh, or the mo- more interesting stuff and how can I coll- put it together in a collection and, you know, images that are connected to each other, like in a diptych type of situation, um, you know, how do they go together and sequencing and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if I really feel like I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with the books that I produce, but I also feel like they're kind of, they're still a little bit rough. Um, so I, I feel like that's still kind of an ongoing process for me. Yeah. Your, your photographs are so good, and I'm, I'm so impressed by, you know, that within, you know, that 10-year period, you've produced such a distinctive voice for your photographs, which is something that really proves elusive to, to a lot of people. Um, but what what do you attribute to, for lack of a better word, your success? Not so much the acknowledgement you received from other people, but your own assessment in terms of your growth and development as a photographer. What do you attribute that success to? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think when I was younger, I mean, it's, I have, you know, so many of my friends um, whose photos I really like um, started off taking pictures, you know, when they were in their, you know, teens or, you know, they had their, their dads were into it or there was some, some, something like that. And I, for some reason, for a a long time, when I was a kid, um, into high school and college being creative, uh, you know, in any kind of way, like, you know, I had some interest in writing a little bit and some interest in poetry, but I always felt very sort of intimidated by it and felt like I really was just, just miserable at it. And the idea of take, I, I had a lot of interest in, and art, um, and painting, but the idea of making my own paintings just seem, you know, insane, you know, like there's just no way I would be able to do something like that. And I, I don't paint now, but since I've been more, you know, interested in, in photography, I've found myself thinking, you know, I, I mean, I'm so into photography that I don't know where I would find the time to, to, to get into painting, but I feel more confident. And I feel like, um, I think that's, somehow that's, that's helped with my, with my confidence on, on a very sort of personal level. Like, I just feel like, um, it's been a way for me to, you know, sort of engage with the world and, and see the world and make sense of the world. Um, and I never thought of it that way. I just thought, oh, it'd be cool to kind of take some, when I first started, like take some arty black and white <laughs> pictures, you know, like that you'd see in a coffee shop or something. And I thought, oh, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to try to do. And then I realized that, you know, it's just, it's so much more. And it's, that's why like, it's, I mean, I never, um, I never think of it as a, as a hobby because I just feel like it's sort of a way of life. I mean, I was reading an, you know, interview, uh, that you had done actually, and you talked about how, you know, taking pictures, you know, having a camera with you, on a regular basis, just doing it, just, just, just having that be part of your life is, is really important. And that's, um, I think that's, that's helped me photographically, but it's also helped me sort of on a, on a personal level, which has just made it all the more important. So are you working on anything specifically now, or are you simply, you know, going out and making photographs when you can and just increasing your body of work? Or do you sort of have some specific goal for a, a body of work or just overall for your for your career? Yeah, I've mostly been working. I mean, I don't, I'm not real project oriented, which I know, of course, like 
is kind of probably the smarter way to go. And in some ways, I think um, it's almost like the nicer way to go in terms of audiences because there's so many there's so many people taking such great photos out there that I think in a lot of ways, like narrowing things down into a small, like a smaller project, like for a book or something like that is a really good way to get your pictures out there. Um, because it's, it's, it's much more easily digestible by, you know, a lot of different people who have a lot of different options for, you know, images to look at. Um, but I've tended to work more, um, more just kind of in, in the sense of just increasing my body of work. Um, I, I haven't had like, um, you know, like a specific neighborhood or specific project in mind, um, for the most part, but I do like those, you know, those Baltimore books that I was talking about that, that I, I kind of been wanting to work, you know, work more on, um, that might be something in a few years that I might feel comfortable enough, uh, with a collection that I would actually, you know, present that to people. Um, and I've had some other, um, ideas, even doing things that are, you know, a lot different than what I do now. Um, like, like maybe some, even some like sort of, um, semi-stage type photography or something. I mean, I've had, had a few thoughts in my mind, um, that I thought might be interesting, just going in a completely different direction, not abandoning by any means what I do now, but just doing, trying to, you know, explore other avenues and stuff. So I guess I'm just kind of just really enjoying myself and, and, uh, and just still kind of like in this searching mode, I guess, and, and just trying to add more and more uh, work and hopefully from that being able to condense that down to a few good images. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is that I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? Um, yeah, I, when I was listening yeah, to your other, other interviews, I was, yeah, thinking like, who would I choose? Who would I choose? Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many different ones. Um, I mean, I thought about someone like Milton Rogovin, um, who died a few years ago, who I really admire, but I was thinking of maybe somebody who, you know, is alive today. Um, and I was thinking of Mike Peters. I don't know if you know his work, um, who, uh, has taken a lot of great portraits, uh, in like New York and, uh, New Jersey, you know, Coney Island. Um, he's someone who I've, uh, yeah, really admired. He has a book project that he's trying to, um, get published called the dream, which is sort of a lot of post nine 11 photographs of, of people in New York. Um, and he, just these portraits that he's taken are just amazing. And I feel like, um, somebody who I just, um, you know, really inspired by just the, 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 the level, um, of quality in each of his portraits, the, the way he's able to capture people at, at a moment where it's, it really seems like it says something about that person. Um, I, yeah, that's somebody who I, <laughs> I'd like to be more like. And where can people go to find out more about you and, and your work? Uh, if you go to, uh, to my website, uh, patrickjoust.com or, you know, of course, Flickr, or if you just Google my name, Patrick Joust, um, lots of different things, my Tumblr and stuff like that will, should, uh, should come up. Yeah. Well, Peter, thank you so much. It was a real joy to have a chance to talk with you. And again, again just wonderful, wonderful work. I find it real inspiring. Thank you very much. This was, this was a lot of fun to do. I've been really looking forward to it. And this is even more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. Remember that my latest book, Portraits of Strangers, is available for purchase. And for loyal listeners of the show, you can enjoy 30% off the ebook or any other book or DVD that I've produced, including my first book, 
chasing the light, improving your photography using available light. Click on the link on the show notes and use the promo code Pirello, that's P as in Paul, E-R-E-L-L-O, to receive your discount. The Candid Frame is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners just like you, as well as the work of our audio engineer, Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. And our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is... The Candid Frame.